Hi, welcome to the We Shape podcast. I'm Katie. I'm here with Nina and Tyler. How's everybody doing today? I worried we lost everyone last week. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe we have a listener left. I don't know. A little bit of a departure from the seriousness from the previous episode. Well, I feel like Nina brought up a really good point before last week's episode. Um, She mentioned, like, let's be a little bit more us. And, And I, and not, it's not like, we were really holding back, but we were a little because we want to be mindful and careful. And I think that all those things are super important. Mm-hmm. But I also think we just have to be us. And sometimes we're a little bit wild and crazy. Yeah. And, and I think being real is really important. And we talked about this last pod- the last podcast. The last thing that any of us want to do is say, this is who we are and this is what we believe and we'll never change. Because I feel like personally, so much of the the problems in society come from people marrying themselves to a belief, to a philosophy, to all the years of work they put into something, and then maybe research changes, and they're not willing to let go of that because they're too afraid to let go of the quantity of work they put into what they used to believe. And I just want to be someone and a company who, who we can just say, hey, we changed our mind, you know, because we, we found something we believe is better. You know what I mean? I, I mean, when you know, you grow. I mean, I guess you can know and not grow. <laughs> But I think that we have learned different things throughout the years that are leading us to different conclusions. And I think it's okay to stop and say, is the thing I believe in serving me? Is it, is it, or is it not? And I think it's hard to ask those questions sometimes, but I think it's necessary. So. Well, that brings up something interesting that I've been thinking about that we've been talking about on the podcast, which is, uh, you know, one of the core themes we seem to touch on over and over again is awareness. You know, we're here to talk about toxic weight loss culture, shifting that cultural narrative away from I should do things to change how I look because of self-judgment to I I, I want to do things to change how I feel because of self-love, right? And that awareness has been something that's been hitting me a lot lately, a lot, right? And as a father with two daughters and, and uh, you know, Katie's my partner, I'm constantly looking at them and trying to have that awareness of when I'm playing a part of that cultural narrative and when I have the opportunity to play a different part, you know? And a simple example is like, I can look at Katie and I could say, wow, you look so amazing and beautiful right now. And I fully believe that, by the way. I think you're an amazing, okay, beautiful woman. Okay, we don't woman. need to go down <laughs> so, this. Little, I haven't done pressure. that much work um, on you myself. You guys want me to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> um, uh, but I also don't want that to play into this cultural narrative. I'm so curious about what your guys' thoughts are on that subject itself, because like, like on receiving compliments. Yeah, like, like, okay. So oh. if I if I like say being praised that, for yeah, your if looks? I praise you for your looks, am I playing into the narrative? Am I being superficial? Um, I don't know. I think I'm Nina's got to take that. this one. Ooh. I don't have. I. I yeah, it's a tough one. It's so challenging because, again, I think you're inside of the problem, right? Like, I want to be like, I, I want to be valued for how intelligent I am and how, you know, good I am at other stuff. But then there's that, like, hard conditioning of years of, like, am I cute enough? Am I pretty enough? Do people like me because of those things? Um, I don't know. We were talking actually about Uh-oh. alternative schooling the oh, other yeah, day. Yeah. And it kind I of never know what you're going to say. That's why I always get a little like, uh-oh, oh, what's coming? About, oh. What's coming? Um, we were talking about alternative schooling the other day. And I, the reason I bring this up is because as a young woman, I was in public school for many, many years. And then I was taken out of public school and placed into like kind of an unschooling, charter school, homeschool type of um, experience. And for that singular year I was doing that, I had a really different experience uh, with self. Um, my academics, you know, that's a different story. But... Um, 
when I came back to public school that following year, I had a really different experience of junior high school than a lot of my peers. And I'm really like super grateful for that because I walked back into school with this sense of self. I had been alone really for like 365 days on a ranch with animals and like in charge of my own schedule and my own food and like really you was- You do have interesting side skills. I do have, I, yeah. yeah. I, I can sew you a bonnet. I can yeah. make you a pot milk on things. a wheel. I can milk animals. Yeah, um, yeah some interesting side <laughs> side quests. It's actually but, valuable skills, but yeah. But um, the point being, though, is that when I spend all that time by myself, um, kind of reflecting and growing inside the parameters of who I am as a person without outside perspective, I think I, I created a deeper sense of who I was in a, a mm. different way. Mm. And when I came back to school and some of my friends were in relationship with men, like they were dating at that time, we were 12. So you know? not men, but yeah. Well, little, little boys, but but they were dating, and a lot of them, I talked to them behind the scenes, and they'd be like, I don't really like having a boyfriend. I don't really want to kiss boys. I don't really, but they were doing it because everyone was doing mm. it. And like, I guess that kind of weaves back into the fact that when we grow up in these environments, we do the things that everyone else is doing. Right. And when you're taken out of that, even for one year, it makes this huge difference. I was like, boys are still kind of gross for me. Like, I'm good, you know? Mm. Later, of course, that changed. But um, for a time period, I really felt more connected to who I was because I was separated from that environment where there was this group think energy. That's so beautiful. That brings up something interesting for me that's going on in our daily life, which is, you know, we send our kids to an alternative school system. And I want to be super mindful that um, not everybody can do that. Absolutely. And so I'm super grateful that we have the opportunity to do that. Um, but she has friends who are also in just a normal public system. And the differences in the way I see them connecting with themselves and connecting with what's important is like pretty dramatic. Yeah. It's really dramatic. And some of her friends are really interested in like boys and like looking pretty and like all these different things. And our daughter is like, she looks at me one day after she got out of the shower and her, she was stinking because she couldn't wash, she wasn't washing her armpits as well as she should. And I'm like, will you go back in and just wash your armpits a little bit more? And she's like, I'm an earth girl, Papa. <laughs> I'm an earth girl. Just let me be who I am. Oh God. And I was like, and I was like, okay, here we she's go. She's gonna listen to this when she's yeah. 16. I like, mean, how difficult you? is that in, in the truest sense of developmental psychology, you, you can't really know if that's just our daughter or if this right. environment, it's the constant, yeah. we'd have to publish a study and have blind, you know, double blind <laughs> research. And I mean, but we can, you know, probably say that the people that we hang out with, and there is science to say that. I, I just, I, I have curiosity if you put Ellie anywhere, she just would probably be that kid. But I do know that having the type of educational philosophy that we have decided to put her in does does contribute to that part of who she is for sure. Yeah, um, and, and I'm not sure it's the educational philosophy personally. I think I, th I think that's a part of it. I don't want to say that's not a part of it, but to me, it's like the collective exposure. So like at the school that we send her to, it's um, as minimal media exposure as possible. They want you to have no media exposure. Yeah, we can't, ideally, we can't really we can't really do rule. that. Follow the rule, but like as minimal as possible, um, preserving imagination, lots of reading, lots of creative work, things like that. And then you see like the way that um, you know kids are exposed to more media and things like that. And the more we're exposed to media, the more it seems like we're harder on ourselves. We have more self judgment, and we have more tendency to follow kind of the trends and the herds that are that are uh, existent today. Right? Yeah. I think that really brings back my point, which is like not necessarily that it's the schooling necessarily, but like that just the exposure you're having to this outside inundation of information can really shape the way you think about yourself, the way you think about other people. So like to go back to your question of do I value compliments when they're on my physical, you know, 
uh, whatever, like, yes, but like, I kind of wish I didn't, but it's mm. such a big part of how I was raised and like the way my parents spoke to me and. Cause you guys are different people. Like I can say that comment about you and it doesn't land, right? Like I can say, oh, look at how beautiful you are. You look amazing. <laughs> and I can just tell like inside you're like, ah, it's superficial. Like it's not, it's not landing as much. But if I can make a comment about like Nina's hair, hey, Nina, your hair looks great. She's like, oh, thank you. And I can just <laughs> tell it like feels good. So everybody's different too. And the way that those land with them, right? I mean, it, it's hard to say. Yeah. I grew up in an environment where attention from boys was not really acceptable. Mm. And so I, you know, I, I don't know. So I smother you. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, but <laughs> um, you said it, I didn't. Um, no, I think it, it's so, it's layered, it's complicated, and I hate to make any generalizations. So let's unpack your layers and see if anybody else <laughs> resonates It's with just that. that, like, my parents were not going to let me have a boyfriend. Right. They were never going to be okay with a boy giving me attention. Like, even when I was mature in high school and getting a boyfriend, they were still, like, not really available for it. So um, when my friends were getting um, boyfriends in junior high, like, for some reason or another, my home influence... Uh, superseded the influence that I had amongst my peers because I knew that it was just not going to be tolerated mm. or accepted. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of that had a lot of uh, religious undertones that were driving the ship. Mm -hmm. I don't blame my parents for their methodology, but I, um, I do see why I was probably not showing up in the way of like, it, it, yes, I, I will, I'll receive this tension, attention as meaningful, because the message that I had been ingrained in my brain for so many years is that was not meaningful attention. I feel like we're touching on something real big here, okay? As I was talking about awareness, right, of the things that we say and the things that we believe and the things that we participate in, and both of your kind of responses in one way or another came down to like, when I was younger, this is what I experienced. And I think a large part of the awareness I think we all should build in ourselves is the whys of why we're acting certain ways which are almost always hardwired from our early childhood years, our upbringing, like our influences. So like uh, you just shared that, you know, your, your family was a part of that. You just shared that getting in touch with yourself is a part of that. And I feel like, I feel like that's so important. I think it's so important for people who are listening um, who wanna build more awareness to take the time to ask themselves the questions like, why do I value being called um, you know, beautiful or whatever it may be, or why do I not value that? Or where does that come from? And get in touch with that. And then also to give themselves space. I thought what you said was so beautiful that when you were a child, when you were a little kid, having space to just be in who you are gave you a greater sense of who you are. Absolutely. And like people don't give their children or themselves enough time or space to sit and say, you know, who am I? What do I value? How do I want to show up? Who do I want to be? Why do I exist the way I exist? And I feel like those questions are so important to answer, but we just, we get inundated with the world and we don't so end up spending well, time mean, on that. I mean, truth be told, one of the things that I really want to do with our product next is uh, eventually. Shameless plug. <laughs> no, uh, is <laughs> that I really want to reach uh, more uh, adolescent females. Yeah. It's like with all the inundation of social media, and I do think they've actually come out with some pretty recent research about the negative side of that, right? Yeah. Um, then they buried it, and then it came out again. Did they really? Oh, let's not go there. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, scary. it doesn't really take a, a developmental psychologist to probably assume that exposing adolescent females to 
Instagram will likely have a negative impact on their self-esteem, which can lead to A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I don't, right. I don't know. Right. Uh, but that, that is the next thing I want to do because I, f or one of the next things, because I feel like, I mean, this is why I originally had gone into child development. And I think I might've said this before is that I felt like it was the only way I could make an impact at the root mm -hmm. because so much of our belief systems and how we act in, in our everyday lives stems from those like those neuro pathways that were wired like from the beginning. Yeah. And so I thought, well, if I really want to have impact, if I could, you know, go into child development, we could just kind of get this stuff at, the, at root. the root. And I know that that, you know, I'm not really in that field anymore, but I do think that if we're going to change the narrative around body image, at this point, I, I have to, I feel like we should tackle all angles, but I think that we have to wake up as women specifically and say, okay, we have collectively come together and identified this value. No one is forcing us to have this value. Let's see if this value is serving us. And I think it's just one woman at a time. Mm. And then I think that in that will influence like younger adolescents and, and young girls to then maybe shift the value and shift the narrative. Because here's the weird thing is that yes, I grew up in an environment where I was really protected from that in a, in a lot of ways. Like I was really protected from a lot of media. Uh, I was definitely like I was I remember being like 13 or 14 and my parents being like you can't watch PG-13 I'm like but I'm 13 you know it, it, <laughs> like come on uh, but so I was really sheltered and protected in a lot of those ways and so I do think that there is a big part of me that has never really felt so much value in that but I'd be lying if I say I don't value that mm, right. because the rest of the world seeped into me eventually yeah. so even under those particular even under that particular environmental circumstance, it still got to me, right? Yeah. So it's not that I don't care. I, I wish I could say I don't care. That's what I'd like to be able to get to. But again, this this mission and this journey here at We Shape is not about we found the answer. It's about come along with the journey with us because I don't know either. Yeah. And I want to figure it out because I know that the value system that I'm operating operating out of right now doesn't always feel great, and 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 there's a lot of holes that need to be examined. Yeah. So. You know, I think it's important that we think about these things, bring awareness and bring awareness to self. And then also not like we talked about this last week, not criticize ourselves when we're like still kind of stuck in that pitfall and just know that we're all trying our best and just waking up to say, hey, let's bring some awareness. Let's reevaluate this value system. Is it serving us? Am I happy? Do I feel good about myself based off of these beliefs that I was told? And then how do we just slowly start unwinding some of those? Yeah. That's so powerful. And again, as, as like a father and as a, a husband, um, you know, for the record, I don't just uh, compliment that I think that you're a beautiful woman. I try to um, balance that with how intelligent I think you are and how funny I think you are and how um, interesting and uh, adventurous I think you are. And I think that it's really important as men to recognize that we're playing a role here and that when we have a daughter or someone that looks up to us and we say, look at how pretty you are, look at how beautiful you are, and that is the mainstay of the comments that we give to these little girls. What they're learning is, when I look a certain way, I receive love from men. And I am very conscious of that with my kids. I still slip up all the time and I catch myself going, wow, look how pretty, oh, damn. I try to compliment their creativity, their intelligence, their, um, you know, their fun, their kindness, their, their compassion, et cetera. And I think that if we all took a step back and just really asked the question, like, what do we want our kids to feel excited about growing in themselves? 
it's probably not vanity, right? It's, <laughs> it's probably not vanity. It's probably kindness and creativity and intelligence and compassion and things like that. I was gonna say, like, I have a total hierarchy of compliments. Like, I guess, like, you know, people, oh, you look nice, thanks, that, that, I appreciate that. But I, like, love to be told I'm, like, funny, right? And I think it has you to You are go, really funny. <laughs> yeah. well, Let's just call it out. I think it, it goes back to the, like, what you value about yourself, you mm. know? And, like, so when someone compliments but me, does it, it says- But is it because of that or is it because it was installed in you? That's, like, the deeper- well, I mean, it, right? you guys can call my therapist if you want to know about that. But um, <laughs> no, I think it's interesting because when you were talking about like giving compliments and whether or not it lands or whether or not someone likes it or whatever, like maybe you really like to be complimented. Right. I think some people like to be complimented. Um, I think it depends on their way that they um, kind of operate in the world, too, because like I like to compliment people. That's fun for me. So I think when I get a compliment, I'm like, thanks. Yeah. But um, someone who maybe doesn't operate in that same way or communicate their, I don't know, love or approval or whatever in that way might not feel that that same feeling but for me i pretty much always am like ah thanks appreciate that but then if someone's like oh you're really funny i'm like yes <laughs> like yeah, i'm winning it. like yeah. it feels different it feels good so like you said learning how to compliment your children on the things that they are really like they value mm. i think has so much more weight because yeah. people tell you things and you know it means something or it doesn't but doesn't really have like a ton of hold a lot of water unless you you also value that thing in yourself because I think the truth about the truth of the matter is is when someone gives you a compliment and you don't always accept it it's a lot of times because you don't necessarily believe it mm, oh absolutely that's so true right I mean yeah. I think that's when you're like oh thanks for the compliment but really it's just because you don't actually think that about yourself yeah right yeah well even that simple notion that we just said like when you're interacting with a small female child any children if, if if we're focusing on their appearance, those are the messages that will be like slapping down those neural pathways in their mind. So if you don't have a word, sometimes I say, that's a very fancy outfit. <laughs> that's good, that's a huge tip. You've taught me a lot about early childhood development and the things that you can say that are um, developmentally appropriate. And like, I, you know, I, I'm not gonna mention any like details, but I'm, I'm literally witnessing uh, uh, one of my daughter's friends like develop this neural pathway towards um, uh, male compliments on looks right now. And it's like heartbreaking to me. And I'm like sitting there just watching this little girl just value all this stuff so much because of the way that she's being brought up and treated. And I just, I, I like, I don't know what to do. I mean, I don't have enough influence to be able to create a dramatic change. I'm doing the best I can and complimenting the things that I see um, her showing up in completely outside of those things. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, to be totally honest, like my heart could break for her that that the only thing she's being praised for is the way that she looks. It's really sad. I think like as it's we really grow sad. up, we have to kind of learn to reparent and redo those like um, neural pathways and and recreate that conversation in our own minds yeah. because I think that's the only way to recover. You're gonna you're gonna grow up and like some shit's gonna happen. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not gonna go great. You know, it's not gonna be that perfect. Things are gonna go wrong. There's in your a hundred percent chance yeah. that e even if your parents were like actually perfect and just nailed it out the park, you would be like, I missed out on that other thing you didn't do. You know? Well, yeah, but like, think about the thing I <laughs> you were too nice to me. Or whatever. They're right. going to end up in there's therapy always, regardless. There's always So something. I think you have to really cultivate an adult or at least help a child grow into an adult who can have curiosity around their own thoughts and be like, do I really think that? Do I value it because someone else values it? Like have that curiosity and be able to kind of sort through as they're watching their thoughts roll around in their mind rather than this is a fact because I think it or because I experienced it because people don't take the time to be curious about their thoughts. Mm. 
to be curious about their thoughts. Yeah, they're not based in it. fact, you guys. Right. <laughs> not yeah. all of them. We, that's, that brings up something even completely you know, different that relates to all this, though, is like we think we are our thoughts, right? We think that all those thoughts are our thoughts, right? But most of them, in my opinion, um, are coming from external influences and uh, the way we're brought up and society and media and all this other stuff, and we believe them as our own. And the only time we're able to really get in touch with who we are in our truest selves is to examine those thoughts and be curious about those thoughts. And like, again, it's just like, how come, how come people don't want to spend more time on that? Well, we don't well that's what I'm saying. That's what I was saying in the beginning. It's hard. Is that when you can take a moment to have a little bit of awareness of, wait a minute, I'm just going to pause and see if this belief, I'm feeling a certain way about myself and I'll, it's like the next step in most of our thoughts is like, okay, well, how do I change that then? And I wonder if there's a step before that where we go, I'm going to pause and evaluate this belief that I have about the way that my physical appearance is. If Where did that belief come from? And is that even a valid place? Like, is that even a valid value? And, and, and then when you can reassign the value is when you can decide to do something in a different way, right? Mm, yeah. So it's yeah. like the only reason why in my opinion, somebody would want to, I mean, I can say it because I've gone through it, <laughs> is like I look at my body and I feel like I want to lose weight, so then I go on a diet. It's like it's because I value being skinny, and where does that come from? And then once I decide if I value that anymore, then my actions proceed from there. Yeah. So I do think it is just sitting with and questioning the value system and why am I doing that? Do I actually, where did that value come from and who, set, who made up that rule? That's my new favorite question myself. Mm. Who made up that rule? Somebody who's dead. <laughs> well, likely, yeah. The, the collective group of people. It's weird to think about most of our beliefs are just inherited from dead people. Right? I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> we just keep propagating them, right? Well, I have, I have a question, and you can just turn me away on this one, but do you care to share maybe your own experiences in recent history that may have... Uh, I know what you're referring to. <laughs> I know what you're referring to. Just give to. him what he wants. <laughs> no, don't give me what I want. Give the people what they want. There, I don't <laughs> think there's anybody else listening after last week. Um, okay, so I knew you were going to want me to share this, and it's fine. I just need <laughs> to put myself out there. So what happened was uh, about... I don't even... I'm so bad with time. I never know even the month. Maybe a year ago, a year two years. Yeah. yeah. I started working out uh, with a strength training coach because I wanted to get stronger. And I really truly did not go in with an intention of like really shifting my body other than like gaining strength. Like I just felt like, I just kind of felt like I was like getting older but not really like main, like taking care of myself in the way that I felt like I needed to be taken care of. So I thought, you know, women especially, I feel like strength training can be a really important way to, to care for yourself. So I went in working out with him three days a week and then I got COVID. When did we have COVID? Like May. Yeah, yeah I don't know, months ago. months ago. And then I really took a long time to recover and come back. And finally, recently I've been coming back and then I recently have been like, I feel like I need to go see my um, naturopath. I feel like I'm putting on a ton of weight and it's really weird because I'm kind of just doing my normal thing. Nothing's really changing in my life. So like maybe my hormones are really off. And I'm like, I started to, if I'm being honest, I kind of started to panic a little bit. Like, why am I rapidly putting on weight? And then I felt like when I mentioned this to you, you were like, I'm not experiencing that. Like, I don't, and I'm like, you're just being nice to me. Like something's wrong with my body. Right, you just assume I'm lying to you. because. And, it's and then I realized last night that 
I think what's actually happening is I'm gaining a lot of muscle now. And my body feels heavier because I'm putting on muscle weight. But my distorted um, brain that's full of toxicity is like, you feel heavier, you're gaining body fat, you better stop this. You better you better do Pump something about this. What's happening? What are you eating? What are you doing? And and like really what's actually happening is I'm gaining muscle in my body. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I literally was so wired to be so aware of any weight gain that even when I'm gaining strength and doing something that's healthy for my body, I can't even recognize what that feels like because I instantly associate it with weight gain and therefore I have a huge problem. And I just was like almost ashamed of myself. I'm like, you're trying to break toxic weight loss culture. You're panicking about weight gain. You're not even, that's not even happening. First of all, you're gaining muscle, but you don't even know what that feels like because anything that feels different must be bad. And and, and guess what? Who, who, what if I was gaining a bunch of fat? Does it really matter? Like it, it just, it really stopped me in my tracks to be like, I thought that I was pretty in touch with my body and I couldn't even, I was so caught up in this story and this narrative of like something feels heavier and therefore I am like on high alert and watching and being mindful but then trying not to be worrying and then it was really confusing couple weeks for me until last night when I was like, oh my gosh, first of all, who cares if you are anyway? Like we all go through hormonal shifts, we store body fat in different ways as we age, you're exercising, you're eating pretty good, you feel pretty good, don't worry about that. Like, I see my doctor once a year, I'm fine. Um, but it was just fascinating to dissect that I felt the panic coming in of like, I gotta, I gotta, you better get this under control. And I'm like, that is so toxic. Help me break it, Nina. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that. I know that you were maybe a little reluctant to do that, but this brings up something big that I wanna touch on personally. So I've been working with people um, in, in the fitness industry for, um, I don't even know how long now, 13, 15, something like that, 13, 15 years, something like that. And um, one thing that I saw come up more than any other is a woman starts doing a, a, a fitness routine. Um, almost all the fitness I've ever taught people is, is functional training, right? So learning how to move your body better. And a few weeks go by and they're like, my legs are getting bigger my arms are getting bigger, my whatever. And they start f like getting worried that they're gaining weight. And so they, they feel that concern of weight gain. And what they want to do with that is they want to give up or they want to pivot their program away from, let me learn how to move my body better so I can feel better, become more athletic, et cetera, to I got to do a bunch of cardio and go on a crash diet yeah. in order to lose a bunch of body fat. And why I want to mention this is so important is because um, every woman who has been consistent with a fitness routine probably has this thought, I'm gaining weight, I'm gaining weight. But my experience of being somebody who um, didn't exercise and remembers starting out his, his workout routines is you build a better awareness of the muscles in your body. You build more touch and um, connection to those muscles in your body. And if everybody who's listening to this takes a moment to close their eyes, unless you're driving, don't, don't be crazy. And you can feel your skin, right, around your belly. You can feel your skin. You have an awareness of where that is in space. It's called proprioception, the ability to know where your body is in space. But if you flex your stomach muscles, right, the awareness that you have of the size of your body is related to your musculature, not the fat over your musculature. And so what could happen in the circumstances, someone could gain a little bit of muscle or they could build a better neurological connection with their muscles so they can flex them and fire them harder. And in their mind, what they're feeling is I'm getting bigger, 
But what's really happening is they're getting more connected to their body or they're getting, they're building muscle in their body that's going to serve them immensely throughout the years. So that's, that's something I just wanna hit on over and over again is if you start a functional fitness routine or any sort of fitness routine and you start to feel I'm gaining weight, like celebrate that moment as I am building a better connection with my body and this is a stepping stone towards better results, towards feeling better in my body and being able to move my body better, not I'm gaining weight so I got a crash diet and go do some cardio ASAP. I like that. I actually had an experience somewhat similar to what you're talking about when I was powerlifting for a while there. Mm. And I must have put on like 20 or 30 pounds. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. Like I just completely canceled it out, stopped doing it, went back in time and like undid all of the progress I had made. And I actually went back to a gym where people do, you know, more lifting with, you know, barbells and all that, uh, probably in the last six months and could not believe how weak I was. Oh, like, man. oh my gosh, I used to be able to squat like 220 pounds yeah. and I probably could maybe squat a hundred, you know, yeah. and I couldn't believe it because I, I relatively look the same, but I got so scared of that number on the scale that I was like, gotta go, can't do this. And this was of course years ago, but it's, it's kind of sad to think about the fact that I abandoned that thing that I was enjoying that uh, made me feel good that because I was afraid of that number on the scale. It's wild. And when you really look at it, um, it just makes me sad that yeah, I even went through that myself, that I'm like, wow, you're so programmed. Even when you're consciously you know, contributing all this energy and effort into breaking these cycles, I can just feel how ingrained it is in my own mind. Mm. And when if somebody would have stopped me yesterday and just been like, freeze, how do you feel? Just close your eyes and connect with how you feel. I'd be like, I feel great. I sleep well, I have decent energy. I um, yeah, feel strong. I can I can run. I can I can I can use my body and like feel grateful for all the things that it's capable of. But my mind just wanted to spiral in the aesthetic, and it 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 like it was in that moment that the connection was just lost with how do you actually feel? Because yeah. I actually feel really strong, and I actually feel like, you know, I was even telling um, the guy that I work out with like I'm ready to even step it up. Like let's do some fun stuff and sprint or whatever. Like, because not because I wanted to, but because I just I feel like I I I'm, my body wants to do it. And so I think the other thing that's really tricky is this idea around how do we proceed forward with an exercise plan with good intentions that come from an emotionally healthy place that aren't feeding the narrative of, well, you should change your body and look a certain way, right? right? Because that's what I was saying also is that if I'm, you know, I'm knocking on 40's door and my hormones are shifting and my body's probably gonna store fat in a different way and I may gain weight and that's okay. And so like, it's like, how do we have all those pieces of the puzzle of the puzzle moving together at the same time? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I, I struggle myself, but I mean, I don't think we could, I don't think anyone would maybe argue, cause I, it's like I wanna promote exercise, but I want people to know that I'm promoting it like for these reasons, mm. right? Because I actually do feel more flexible. I feel like I have more energy with my kids. I ever since I started doing some of these exercise routines. So I think I you know, a couple things come up for me there is one, I think if we could all transport ourselves into our like seventy year old bodies, Oof. it would be really easy for us to make a decision to 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 follow along to a fitness routine, a functional fitness routine out of self care. Because we would recognize how 
as we age and we lose muscle mass and we lose mobility, we start to just feel horrible. And I see it. I see like my parents are people that I absolutely love and they haven't done a lot in the in the world of taking care of their bodies. And, you know, every year that goes by, there's just more injuries and aches and pains and things like that. I just feel really sad. I feel really sad that they're, um, you know, they haven't taken care of their bodies in the way that they could have to be able to celebrate movement more. So, you know, um, I think that if we sat in that for a moment, it'd be really powerful. And I also, I know we say this a lot uh, here, but you know, fitness and working out should be a celebration of what your body can do, not a punishment because you ate too much food or because you feel crappy about yourself. And then that's really important. And well, I think- Well, that's, that's what I told the guy that I was working out with. I was yeah. like, I actually feel like I wanna start doing a little bit more in our routine because I actually feel like I have this kind of pent up energy where my body feels capable of doing more. Mm. And what a different reason to do something, yeah. right? Then I'm like, that is something to really be celebrated. And I do think that that is a really good sort of practice to sit with, you know, when I'm 70 or 80 years old, how do I want my body to feel? Because if I am a firm believer that it's never too late to do anything, to sure. change your mind, to change behavior, to start a new day. Um, but if you have that opportunity now, I do think that, you know, you do feel better when you take care of your body. And I think especially for women as our women's hormones and, and physiology is so complex, I couldn't yeah. even begin to go into it. But I know that women lose a lot of um, strength and there's a lot of bone density issues as we age. And I think that feeling strong and feeling flexible and feeling energy in your body are all really amazing things. And I just really wanna learn how to create the uh, movement forward of doing it for the reason of feeling good and yeah. not because I'm so worried about how I look. Yeah. So if you're a person who hasn't done this before and who doesn't have experience with this, you know, you're kind of in a different part of your journey. Um, how do you get from zero to I, I want to do more with my trainer now because I'm feeling like I have energy and I'm feeling excited? Listen, like, I, what's I the beginning? That, I think that what's could be one? more biological than it is like psychological. And what that, I mean by that is, so, so when you exercise, what you're doing is you're increasing your body's capacity to handle physical stress, okay? So it's, it's you stress, there's good stress, there's bad stress. Distress, bad stress. You stress, good stress. And so we want to stress our bodies out when we're working out to the point of it being good stress and then allow our body to recover from that. And then our body now can handle what it was put through easier. And so if you continue on this in a consistent manner, what happens is you start to look back at your experiences early on and say, oh, my, my workout on day one is now my warm up on day 100. Right, And what's actually happening inside your body biologically is your cells are upregulating their ability to produce energy. Your uh, neurology is upregulating its ability to connect with muscles, meaning you get, have a higher percentage of avail muscle availability, meaning you're stronger without necessarily even having to gain weight all at the same time. And so one of the things that I've heard a lot of people say is, um, you know, if you want to have more energy, exercise. And that sounds counterintuitive because you think you're going to be tired when you're done exercising. And at first you might feel that way, especially if you're pushing yourself too hard, but we never encourage that. I never encourage it. I always tell people start with something where you finish and it feels like it gave you energy rather than took energy away from you. And if you sit in that and you continue to, to work out like that, you start to build the capacity to handle more and more difficult things, both physically. And then I believe mentally as well. Like I am a huge fan of us all being comfortable with being uncomfortable, 
right? And the more we do that, the more we can push ourselves in our careers, in our family life, in handling you know unresolved traumas, in physical activities, etc. So you know, how does somebody get from there to there? They start, and they just start with consistency. Just show up consistently for yourself, right? Show up consistently because you want to feel better, because when you're 70 years old, you want to be able to move your body, you want to be able to do what you want to do with it. Do that consistently over a little while, and instead of it becoming something that requires effort, it becomes habitual. It becomes second nature. It becomes part of who you are. I am someone who likes to work out, and then it grows from there. I like to challenge myself. I like to challenge myself more, et cetera. Like, I am a mess <laughs> if I don't get some fitness in my life. We know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I think that, again, it, it, for me, it's about coming from that place. Like. It would be like if I had like a magic button that I could push and say, okay, we are now as a collective society going to um, understand or, or have an intention of moving our body and feeling good in our body from exercise and have the correlation of those results be linked to feeling good. Beep. Like that's what I want. But instead it is difficult because we're weeding through this. Well, if I exercise, my body will change and I'll look better and I'll get more validation and I'll, it's like, I, I want to. I want to, well, okay, I think so, I have a little tip go for ahead. the people yeah, in the middle it. who like, you know, it. I don't have a perfect everyday fitness routine by any means. I do enjoy moving my body. But one of the things, the tips I use to kind of like continue to build that relationship with, I move my body because I enjoy it, not because I want to punish myself is that motivation is challenging. You know, when you're in, in your, when your cells are upregulating, I cannot repeat that science answer you gave us. <laughs> but when your cells are doing that, you're kind of in the flow, like a, an object in motion continues to stay in motion. Sure. But an object that's at rest is like, bro, I'm good. And sometimes I'm in that place. Sometimes yeah. I catch myself after a couple months of being a little less active. Maybe I had a sickness. Maybe I had an injury. Maybe I was just tired um, where I'm like, I got to start from scratch again. And what I do, what helps me uh, to get back to that place where I am in that energetic space where I do like to move every day and I do feel good when I eat things that nourish my body and I'm not um, having, I guess, you know, bad habits um, is that I tell myself I will move my body for five minutes. And if yeah. I don't want to move it after five minutes I can stop or I can do yeah. 10 minutes or I can it's do beautiful. whatever and it's just like and by the time I have done five minutes on whatever it is that I'm doing I'm like I could do 10 I could do 20 you know if, if I take a little bite size beginning it's so much easier for me to start when I tell myself you have to run for an hour today or you have to do strength training for an hour today or whatever I'm like uh maybe tomorrow <laughs> I, okay so that's really important so um having been around a lot of people who had that obstacle in their way um, I remember a person many, many years ago, and this is something I've, I should call this story, just tie your shoes, right? And um, I, I said, you know, just wake up in the morning on your workout days and tie your shoes for the first week and then take them off, right? Then go get in your car and then go back inside the house and then drive to the parking lot. Don't go in the gym and then drive back to your house and then drive to the gym, go inside, drink some water go to the bathroom and then go home, right? And it's like, how do we create stepping stones? Well, luckily with our product, you don't have to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, shameless plug number two. Um, no, but like I stepping- I just t-balled that for you yeah, with, by accident, with sorry. The, with the tiny stepping stones um, that are so manageable for people, I think that's how we get success, right? So, you know, if you're using an online workout product like WeShape, um, then you can go and press play and just like do the warm up. And that's why I tell people most of the time, because 99% of the time, if you do a warm up, you're probably going to slide into the workout. Maybe you don't finish the whole thing. Maybe you well, do. Well, one of the right? things I actually but am really excited to do is allow people to choose the length of their workout. We haven't yeah. iterated this yet, but we're going to build that where you can say, I'm going to do a five minute workout. Yeah. I'm going to do a 10 minute workout. Um, time, but I want times to be announced. But I, I 
want to even back up from that and say, I wonder if one of the practices that would be helpful for myself, for others, I don't know, is before you go to do something to take care of your body, just to even take that five seconds to say, why? I'm going to remind myself of my intention. Why am I doing this? And then also remind myself other toxic conditioning is probably going to seep in. Mm. And that's okay because you can't break those patterns overnight. And so we're going to have grace for those thoughts that come in. And anytime they come in, I will, you know, thank you. That's a thought. And I'm going to kind of go back into my intention, which is probably what I should have been doing the last couple of weeks when I thought this thing that wasn't even right. happening to me was happening. Um, like you were going to quit working out. No, I wasn't going to quit. <laughs> because you felt like But I did think that something you know? felt really wrong in my body. Mm. But the, it, when I when I look back on the last couple weeks, it was all in my mind. It wasn't actually reflecting how I actually physically felt. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. It was like a panic in my mind. And then, so, and maybe I, maybe that is happening too. Maybe I am going through a hormonal shift as I, as I'm moving into a new season. I, I don't know. And should that even matter? Right? No. It's, it's like, I, I want to be able to hold space for myself even when that's happening. But I can tell that those thoughts and those things were coming in and it was, I was not thinking those things from a space of connection to my body. I was really just in my head about it. So mm. that was my first clue. But Maybe the practice is just in, 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 taking five seconds before you participate in an exercise program to remind yourself of your intentionality and remind yourself that maybe some of the toxic conditioning is going to seep in. And when it does, we can just recognize the thought and go back to the intention. Oh, that, this, is, this has been fun. I've been wanting to say this one for like 20 minutes, but um, there's probably a 100% chance that those thoughts that we're conditioned in are going to come into our minds while we're trying to show up for ourselves and better ourselves, right? And I think where where we need to make sure that people really understand this is like, maybe right now your journey is like 99.99% superficial, extrinsically motivated. It's rooted in some way that you were conditioned in your youth. And then that little tiny little fraction of a percent that's like, hey, I probably should do this because I wanna feel great, right? And what all we're trying to do, I believe you guys are trying to do this, we're trying to do this as a company, as people ourselves, is just tip the scales, right? And and maybe best case scenario is we get to 50-50, right? And we're like, I'm still superficial and that's okay too. I think that's another thing I touched on like a week or so ago, but like when we find those parts of ourselves that we're like, there's this superficial part and we go, I hate you and we push you away, all that does is make it louder in my opinion. I think what we need to do is see the superficial part and just say, Oh, there you are, superficial part. I see you, and I'm gonna choose differently. I'm gonna choose to focus my attention on feeling better, on my original intention, rather than this superficial one that's installed in me. So I think just, I, I always say this, to, um, seems like every episode, but giving yourself a lot of grace when you're going through this process and accepting that you might be 99%. You can never be yeah, too kind to yourself. Yeah, you can never be too kind. And most of us are incredibly, like we've talked about this on previous episodes, so many of us are way more cruel to ourselves than, than we would ever allow anybody to be, like uh, a friend to be cruel to us, right? But I always have curiosity. What's the difference between being, and this is like just my own curiosity, what's the difference between being kind to yourself and giving grace to yourself and then making excuses for not doing better? Mm, that's a tough one. So I think that when we're kind to ourselves and we're lying to ourselves, that is making excuses internally and ignoring what is, right? That's defensiveness. Um, 
well versed in defensiveness, by the way. No um, comment. <laughs> um, but when we examine ourselves and we look at ourselves and we tell ourselves the truth, even if it's hard to hear, that's still kind. Kindness is, is, is honoring your truest sense of self right now. It's not pretending like something doesn't exist. That's my, my thought on that. Yeah. I think I've asked my therapist this before. I can't remember what she said. <laughs> I should take notes. <laughs> That's a tricky one. I think you have to get really quiet and find that voice in between your, I mean, I, I don't know. I make decisions out of my heart, out of my mind, and sometimes out of my intuition. And I think you kind of have to get really quiet with all three of those probably and, and try to find that granule of what is the actual soul's truth. And Well, I think we do. can agree on something today, which is intention ha- holds a lot of meaning and value. And to create space for that intention in terms of, you know, we're talking about exercising and and working out, like creating that space to have just a quick check-in of intention and also recognizing that the conditioning and the patterns that are ingrained in us from family dynamics, friends, society are going to still be there. Question them. Examine them. It's okay to question them them and try to do the best to be kind and give yourself grace and then just kind of slowly come back to that intention i think again this this journey of like really examining toxic body image culture toxic weight loss culture it's a mission of mine but it's a mission of mine because i'm determined to figure it out myself and not because i have figured it out so Mm -hmm. every week i'm just going to do the best that i can to just be vulnerable and honest with my own journey of like you know unraveling some of the belief systems and evaluating if they feel true but i'm grateful that people if people are listening to us i'm grateful that we can have these dialogues and hopefully pave a new way for for you know others and for younger generations so that this problem doesn't get worse but hopefully even gets better i hope it does too and i hope that everybody listening creates that space for themselves i know that in my own personal journey um creating space to just be still and listen to my heart and not my mind. My mind was there too, but it wouldn't shut up until I practiced a lot. When we create that stillness is when you really hear those deeper voices, like you're talking about, like, why am I doing this? Those deeper intentions. And um, I just don't, it doesn't seem like very many people have given that an honest try. I think it's really important. Our next episode will be all about meditation. <laughs> no, well, I mean it's a good it's a good topic. We do actually have on our uh, for our members a monthly. Right now, we've been doing a monthly meditation with a meditation coach, and it is really really valuable practice. It's hard to do, and I think we all think we have to do it for like an hour, and it's like can be just a few minutes. But um, next week, actually, we are going to have one of our We Shape team members here. Kason's going to be joining us. Oh, she has such a phenomenal just perspective of life and just she's just such a kind human being who has had a lot of dialogues and discussion with our community over the years and has just has phenomenal insight on some of these topics so we'll be excited to have her join us next week but I, i really appreciate everyone listening and just being a part of this dialogue and creating space for examining some of these toxic cycles that we're all a part of and i think if we just keep showing up, we can eventually do better. So thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. 
So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at weshape.com. And finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, remember that right now you can sign up for WeShape's Feel Good Challenge and get access to everything WeShape has to offer for free. Just click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com slash challenge to sign up.